This podcast is brought to you by Likeable Media. Likeable Media produces and distributes content across the social web for mid to large size brands. Visit them at likeable.com. Welcome to All the Social Ladies with CEO of Likeable Media, Carrie Kerpin. Now, Carrie Kerpin. Ariel Jordan has had quite the career starting her career as an NBC page in an incredible program where she was exposed to many, many different incredible television shows and opportunities. From there, she went into the publishing space during a time where it was rapidly changing, and from there, landed at one of the largest Fortune 500 brands around Century 21. Take a listen and hear the story of her career and her approach to social media. Welcome, Ariel, to the show. Hey, thank you for having me, Carrie. I am so excited to have you. I always love when I get an opportunity to talk to somebody who I know, who I always think I know pretty well, and then I get to learn more about their kind of history, and it brings a whole new light into the friendship. So tell me a little bit about the story of your career, because I've already learned some interesting things about you just researching for this podcast, so I can't wait for you to tell the story. Yeah, definitely, and it's so great to be here. So I guess I'll start at the beginning. I was a NBC page straight out of college um, within the page program uh, headquartered in New York at 30 Rock. So if you are familiar with Kenneth the page, that was me in um, my blues every single day for about a, a year doing a rotational program on the different television shows that we had there. After that point, I transitioned over to the publishing world. I worked at Time Inc. for about six years or so. And there I was in the corporate communications department, primarily managing a lot of the external uh, and communication initiatives. But while I was there, we actually did do some really interesting things in digital space. Uh, As you know, publishing is a challenge market when it comes to traditional print. So transitioning over to that digital side it was very interesting to see. And then after that, I moved over to Century 21, and that's where I've been uh, ever since. I am the senior manager of uh, social media and communications over there. So I currently manage the content, essentially, for the Century 21 brand and how we're positioned both internally and in the social space. Okay, so I have a bunch of questions. So first tell me, when you were in school and you were deciding to apply for the page program, tell me a little bit about what that experience is like. I would imagine it's a very challenging program to get into. What did you think you were going to be when you started and started looking at the page program? What did you what was like your dream job at that time out of school? I knew for sure that I wanted to be in the television space. I loved media. I thought it was so interesting always something changing there, and it just really attracted me. I didn't really know what exactly I wanted to do there, and so I remember my senior year, I started looking into all the different options that I would have, looking into different 
television networks. I was looking on the agency side. I was looking at a lot of more traditional um, media companies. And that's when it was actually recommended to me uh, the PAGE program could be a good opportunity. So I, I applied. I believe it was a essay of sorts that you have to submit and um, some kind of a standard application process. I know they get a ton of applicants that come through. So the stars aligned in my favor. I was called in for an interview. It was a pretty daunting experience because I specifically remember at that time, one of the, the only criteria they had um, for the in-person interview was that they did not want you to sing or perform, but anything else was basically on the table. And so I remember reading that and knowing that I had to present in front of this panel of people who would essentially decide my fate for this program. And <laughs> I remember thinking, you know, if that was what they had to put in there as the only criteria, I can only imagine what they, what people have what tried to seen. do. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Right. But I, <laughs> Once the, the actual uh, presentation portion of the process started, it was pretty quick from that point until the decision time. Um, so I, I did that program for a year. It was, a, it was an absolutely great experience. So tell me about some of the stuff you worked on. I mean, the NBC Page program, I think, is highly, <laughs> highly competitive. It's pretty incredible that you were able to do that. And then you get this experience working on all of these different shows. So tell me a little bit about what you did. Yeah, I think for someone like me who at that point knew I really loved media, I, I liked TV and I just didn't know exactly how I wanted to move ahead. It was a really good way of kind of getting your feet wet in a little bit of everything. So over the course of that program, which lasted for about a year, I, regardless of what my assignments were, which happened throughout the year, I did these Beaches. I would tour the entire studios, all these different studios within NBC, uh, learned all these different facts about them and spoke to all the tourists that would come in and provide these tours for them throughout the entire NBC building. But during the off time of doing that, that was when I actually got the meat of my experience, which I resulted in my working at NBC News. I worked in their corporate communications department. I worked on the Today Show doing production. I worked on um, Saturday Night Live and Late Night with Colin O'Brien. So there was a whole lot of different types of opportunity, and that just kind of scratched the surface. There were a lot of other assignments that a page could have. These just happened to be the ones that I particularly did. But it was, um, it was really fun. I would say the best experience there was definitely Saturday Night Live because – that energy of the live show, um, knowing that it has these kinds of things, historical roots to it, and seeing that all in, in real life, and my first time really being around celebrities on a regular basis, it was just a very exciting experience. So That is so um, fun. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely something I would recommend as a good introduction into the media world. And so from there, you went into the publishing space. Was that the opportunity that you found that you thought was the best fit? Or did you uh, kind of purposefully decide that television, you, you were ready to move on and try publishing? I wouldn't say that I was ready to move on from publishing, but I was very intrigued by the opportunities that I had at Timing. And while I wanted to figure out a way to hone my skill set, but also experience and learn new things, and one of the mm. things I loved about what I was doing at the time and just that, that idea of communications was that I was able to 
learn different businesses and it set me on this trajectory to bring my skill sets from that previous experience, apply to something new. So no, I wasn't ready to quite leave television at that point, but the role within that, uh, within the group that I started with had a lot of opportunity for growth and I like a challenge. I knew that the publishing industry was challenged at that point in time yeah. and they still are, but, yeah. uh, just coming in and trying to figure out how to best identify those issues and, and work through all of those different groups, those key groups that were within the company and figure out and support them in what they're trying to do. That's what really attracted me to that role. And just kind of seeing how all this evolved firsthand um, was a great learning experience. Amazing. Yeah, I was going to ask you what it's like to be uh, in a space, you know, like publishing in the time of such great change. It was being there at that time when, when it was first really going through its major sort of shift. I would imagine for you as somebody who's newer in the space, it's exciting to look at as a challenge. But did it for people who had been sort of publishing veterans, I would imagine that that time was probably very, very challenging. Was it was it interesting to be a part of that at that time? Yeah, I would definitely say it depends on who you ask. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, True. it was it was absolutely an interesting experience to see that evolution happen. And, you know, the advent of digital in the publishing world didn't really come about as quickly as it did in other businesses and industries. Yep. So I think that it was a slow, a latecomer to the party. And then there was that scramble of how do we get to a place where we are, you know, up and running and doing something meaningful. So coming into that and seeing all that was definitely interesting and getting to a place where we're actually seeing these really cool ideas come up and a lot of different and interesting things that would happen with the the standard and iconic events and, um, and different opportunities that we had. So for example, with the time 100 and how do you make an occurrence like that that happens every single year? What can you do to really make that digital? How do you touch on all the different elements of that brand and how it can really best permeate and reach your, your end audience? So I think that it was those kinds of exercises that we went through for a lot of those more iconic events and and things that would happen within the brand, like Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Issue, um, Fortune 100, and all of those different kinds of uh, events, they, they started taking a turn and we started approaching them from a very different way. So you're part of this sort of amazing transformation in the publishing world. And then you leave the media world and go over to real estate, still working, obviously, in the digital space, but an entirely different vertical. Tell me a little bit about that shift and what you saw in the opportunity that was so appealing to you. Sure. I'm going to backtrack on that a little bit because when I was at Time Inc., from the time I started to time I left, there was a ton of opportunity and things I learned and things I did. It ended up being that I was managing the corporate social handles. I was doing internal communications and supporting external communications while I was there. So I kind of had my hands in a lot of different things. Mm. And I think that the commonality between that is that at the end of the day, the messaging needs to all complement each other. So 
when I was about to leave timing, I knew that I had three different areas of interest for me that I felt that either I excelled at to some extent or that there was a lot of opportunity for growth. And my main interest at the time was social and internal communication. So I was looking for an opportunity that kind of fit into that mold. And again, similar to my transition from NBC to Time Inc., I was eager to try a different industry because I felt that it could give me a very different perspective on business, the way that business is conducted. And I could figure out a really interesting way to apply my skill set in that manner. Mm. So when I came to Century 21, it was very much uh, communications focused, but I was looking at it through the guise of how can we make this more digital? How can we make this more social and engaging? It's a somewhat complex organization when it comes to the way that you communicate and who you communicate to because it's a franchise structure. So you have your corporate staff, you have your affiliates, which are brokers and agents. They are independent. So they don't necessarily need to listen to you if they don't want to. Obviously, if you're putting out quality content, they will. It's in their best interest to do so. But then you also have the consumer side of everything. So how do you effectively manage all of those different channels, I guess you could say, of audience and make sure that you're putting out the best content for all of those audiences? And so I found that I was able to excel with that from the internal side. And then when I started managing the social space, in a more meaningful way, I was able to kind of transition that to there as well. Sounds like you really almost have three different target audiences. And so when you're working in social and you're shifting towards, you know, messaging that appeals both to these sort of entrepreneurs who have to listen to you but don't, uh, the consumers who are out there who know the Century 21 brand, and then also internal corporate, talk to me a little bit about how you manage that and how you approach that in social. I would actually take a step further and say that the way that you would speak to your brokers are actually different from the way that you speak to your agents as well. True, Uh, true. The the base of it is you need to have a really sound point to make. And then it just kind of grows from there. And for me, within the communication side of content, there is video communication, there's written communications, we do mobile text messaging, we have a blog that serves as the hub of all of the communications content that we do. So arguably everything feeds into there and then from there it gives us a good launch point to effectively put out those external messages, I believe. As long as they're synced up, I think that it makes for a a good process from start to end start being the internal side to the end being the social side. And so even if the message might need to shift a little bit, a good example of that is we just launched uh, the first of our 2017 commercials for, for the year. And we roll it out internally first. It is uh, very much a digital play. We put it on our blog. We have some kind of uh, activations around it and encourage people to share it socially. But this, that same content is leverage for us to push out to our consumers as a really fun way of engaging with them. So I think that it's just a matter of making sure that your base, the content you have is found, and then seeing how you can tailor that to all the different audiences that you need. And if you do it right, I think that it comes with really good success. So it's really about the core message and how you, how you execute and carry it out to the different target 
might change, but as a whole, it's really the core of kind of what you stand for. Yes. Yes. And I would argue that on the external side, we do the same thing. So talk to me a little bit about when you're working at a company like Century 21, a behemoth like this, how do you measure the success of what you do in social? How do you know what you do is working? What are the litmus tests and the metrics that matter to you? Definitely. So we, we took a big shift this past year in the way that we approach social and we realized that there is a lot of opportunity left on the table within the industry and the way that we present ourselves to our, our affiliates, the way that we present ourselves to people who are not affiliated with our brand and just the bigger industry in general. And with that thought in mind, we started to tailor a lot of our content to that. When I say we worked off of that particular messaging would be at that time and made sure that we tailored it in a way that was a lot more focused on the industry. So with that shift, there came a lot of learnings out of that. But the biggest way that I would say we can stand and say that we are successful has to do with the level of engagement that we have and the reach that we have uh, within each of the pieces of content that we put out there. So from an engagement standpoint, I think that having the – it was a really interesting process to see that the tone of our content and the engaging the, the engagement in that content change over time. And it changed in a way that we were able to see that it was actually resonating with our, the audiences that we intended it to. And I think that that little shift just proved in a way that what we were doing was right, that people were actually hungry and had an appetite for the content we were putting out and wanted to continue to see that in more meaningful ways. So, for example, uh, we had an initiative this past year where we pushed out emojis. We made our own custom emojis, and we incorporated that into a lot of the different content that we did over the course of the year. And we were able to see on the industry side the way that we pushed out that messaging and communicated it, that people were actually receptive and responding to it. They thought that it was engaging pieces and they liked to uh, leverage those in different communications and content that they would have from their end. In addition, we also had a number of videos that we put together that leveraged some of the key talent that we had in our system that would speak to the value of being affiliated with Century 21. So this covered a couple of different buckets we had a really interesting person who we would feature and that would resonate with our affiliates. We were speaking about industry matters, which would resonate with the industry. And being that that is our main focus, we received a significant amount of views and engagement and and reach and impressions as a result of that. So I think that just doing little things like that, it didn't take a lot of overhead. It didn't take a lot of time or effort to put together, but the end package ended up being a success in my eyes because we were able to effectively get out the message that we wanted and we got the engagement, um, positive sentiment in a way that we haven't been able to achieve in years previous. And so the engagement acted as a litmus test for how well the content was serving everyone. Yes. Amazing. What networks work best for Century 21? Facebook is definitely the key platform for us. 
And I think it will continue to be. I think it's an industry trend in general. There's mm-hmm. so much about the Facebook platform that is just so conducive to a to the, to our industry and to a broker and agent's lifestyle. And even for people who are looking to be involved in the industry, it's a great source for them to leverage. So that has proven the most success in recent months. We've done some really interesting tests, if you will, on the Facebook platform as far as what we can do to both meet the brand goals and also reach different types of audiences in unique ways. And one of the things we did was a Canvas ad. And it doesn't really require a lot of time or or money. You can do one for relatively inexpensive or you could invest heavily into it. But it was just a different way of getting our messaging out about the fact that we are a global brand and putting things like that out there. Facebook is the only platform that I can say right now provides those kinds of opportunities for people in the real estate industry. Um, Outside of that, though, I think that there's a lot of opportunity when it comes to the industry focus that we do have for LinkedIn. I think that LinkedIn is a really great opportunity for a lot of different companies who are in the B2B space to try and mine. It's so interesting because when you talk about Facebook being able to afford these, um, have have you do all of these different kind of ad units and interesting tests for relatively uh, not a tremendous amount of money. Like you said, it's it's like the other networks have to catch up to have units that are as versatile and also, um, you know, able to do in a self-serve capacity the way that Facebook does, because you see a lot of these things when you're advertising on, on some of the newer networks or other networks and you have to participate and do a, a minimum spend and you have to really spend a lot when you don't know what you're going to get. And I, I love seeing and hearing from the brands about their tests on Facebook being so successful because they're able to just try it without it being a whole, a whole huge thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think that when it comes to a platform like Facebook, they've been putting out things at such a quick pace as well that has really enabled us to shift and pivot what we want to do and how we change our strategy. I would say going into last year, for example, in the 2016 calendar year, there were things that didn't even exist with Facebook that we can say, looking back, we tried and were tested and and went over very well. You know, Facebook Live is another thing that comes to mind, but I don't feel that when it comes to reaching the audiences we want in organic and unique ways, I can't say that I feel that we have the same flexibility with a lot of those other platforms. So that's in part why Facebook has become such uh, an important opportunity for us. That's so, so interesting. Tell me this, Ariel. So when you are, you obviously work in the space, you've been immersed now in social media for many years. And so as you are professionally kind of in this world and surrounded by social media, when you get home personally, are you more inclined to spend more time on social media or does it make you kind of want to shut it off because you've been on it all day? It actually... I go through my phases. Uh, there are some, <laughs> some points, there, there are some points I will admit where, uh, especially when, you know, things get, you know, the ebbs and flows of work and when things get a little hectic around, around the office, there's definitely times when, you know, you just want to come home and unplug. And sometimes that way for me to unplug is just to scroll through my social feed and, you know, watch funny cat videos and things like that. But, 
uh, I would say more often than not, while I do enjoy doing those things and interacting, engaging, connecting with my own personal network, there's also value to, to unplugging. And I, I think I do do that for as much as I am still and do still consider myself a social person. I do enjoy my opportunities to unplug as well. And do the networks that appeal to you uh, correlate with the networks that are best for Century 21? I would say they don't exactly align, but I don't think that it's for lack of uh, for lack of the Century 21 brand trying. Of um, course, I think you know. Yeah, I, I think that we are for Century 21. Like I said, it would probably be Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn would be the focus. For me, in my personal life, I trend towards Instagram and Snapchat. Those yeah. are my two favorites at the moment. But when I say that, it's not for lack of trying with the brand. You know, Snapchat just doesn't have the capabilities. that It doesn't. It doesn't. And it, exactly. it really has not yet nailed. It will. I think it will. I, I, I believe that it I will, but it, it hasn't. It doesn't have yet the capabilities to do what you would need to do for a brand like Century 21 that would be appropriate. Like, you can play with it, but in terms of looking at the results, I'm not sure that that would be where you would spend your time. So, yeah, of course, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I 100% agree. But I consider make, myself a very visual person, so... Instagram is, it's my, my point. Where is that? <laughs> I love it. I love it. And Ariel, where should people connect with you if they want to learn more about you? I am on LinkedIn. I'm on yep. Instagram and yep. I am on Twitter. My handle is airjordan7. Amazing. Airjordan7, thank you for being on the show today. You are one fabulous social lady. You've been listening to All the Social Ladies with Carrie Kerfin, CEO of Likeable Media. You can follow Carrie on Twitter, at Carrie Kerfin. To get current social media insights and great tips, sign up for Carrie's weekly newsletter by emailing newsletter at likeable.com. This podcast is brought to you by Likeable Media. Likeable Media produces and distributes content across the social web for mid to large size brands. Visit them at likeable.com.